Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish. Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. As a Sirius XM and CNN host, I'm known for speaking, but frankly, I read for a living. I need to know what to say, and so I consume over two dozen newspapers and websites daily. I read opposing views and studies and court cases and orders and op-eds just so I can discuss current events on radio and television. But my favorite reading? Books. Old school. And my favorite interviews? are with book authors. Book Club with Michael Smirconish is now in session. Admiral William McRaven has a brand new book, and it is terrific. The Wisdom of the Bullfrog, Leadership Made Simple But Not Easy. You know that Admiral McRaven had a 37-year career as a Navy SEAL. He commanded at every level. As a four-star admiral, his final assignment was as commander of all U.S. Special Operations Forces, meaning he was the guy in that leadership position during the May 1, 2011 takedown of Osama bin Laden. It's always great when he's here. Admiral, welcome back to the program. Hey, good to be with you, Michael. Tell me about Commander Brian, is it pronounced Sibeliner? Oh, Sibeliner, yeah, Brian Sibeliner. So so Brian and I... Uh, went through the same SEAL training class. So as a result of that, when it came time for the Bullfrog, we were co-Bullfrogs in 2011. Brian retired from the military in 2012, and then I remained the Bullfrog until the end of my career. But he is just a 
a remarkable, remarkable officer. Now, what exactly is that term of endearment? And when there are when there are two of you, like, are you looking at each one saying, hey, man, you got to check out because I want to be the bullfrog? Yeah. Well, the term bullfrog, uh, remember, as a Navy SEAL, uh, we are first and foremost frogmen from our World War II roots. So we take that, uh, that very seriously. We're Navy frogmen. So when you are the longest serving frogman, you are the bullfrog. Uh, and, and so it is a, a term of endearment. And, and yes, uh, we're very proud to be frogmen, but it just so happened, again, Brian retired just a, a little bit uh, sooner than I did. So I did hold the title for uh, two years all by myself. <laughs> what, what bragging rights go with being the bullfrog? I imagine you never buy your own beer. Well, absolutely no bragging rights, Michael. <laughs> it's, uh, it is just a little bit of an honorary title. But what people do know about the bullfrog is that you have been serving for a very, very long time. And the whole point of the wisdom of the bullfrog is after 37 years uh, in every different potential leadership uh, situation, you learn a lot. You learn a lot by making mistakes. You learn a lot from the great leaders that you work with. And so this wisdom was, uh, was kind of hard won, if you will. Admiral, you're a special guy. You're a leader. Is your skill set something with which you were born or something you acquired? Yeah, it's a good question. And uh, what I'll tell you is the military takes young men and women every single day and turns them into very good leaders. You can teach leadership. In fact, I, I hope that's what uh, some of the lessons from the, the wisdom of the bullfrog will teach leaders. And this is not just, of course, about military leadership. Uh, you know, this is about leading, whether you're leading a, a coffee shop or whether you're leading a, a, a Fortune 500 uh, a firm, uh, you're going to learn about leadership. But I really think the great leaders, the ones that I've worked for, have a little bit of a sixth sense. Uh, you know, they can walk into a room and sense what's going on in the room. They've got this great, I guess in today's term, this great emotional quotient where they can, uh, they can understand the men and women that work for them. And, and that is something that is hard to teach, but the fundamentals of leadership, you can absolutely teach. If I read your grade school report cards, what am I going to see? And I don't mean in <laughs> grades, I mean in the comments. Yeah, I think what you're going to find from my grade school times was, I mean, I was a social guy. I mean, I, I had a lot of friends. I played a lot of sports. Uh, and in the sports area, for me in particular, uh, you learn to be a leader pretty quickly. I mean, I was always the guy that was the, the quarterback on the, you know, the pickup football team, and, uh, and I was you know, the point guard on the basketball team. And so those sorts of things allow you to learn your role as a leader. But uh, I also played in the band for a while, and I saw the, the leaders in, in you know, the junior high school band, how they would step up, if they, the first chair and the drummer, the first chair of the saxophone. So you can learn leadership by participating in, in various groups and having the opportunity to lead. So this is a book on leadership, and it's, it's comprised of or broken down by 18 different sayings or mottos or creeds or, or parables. Explain the thought process and how you were going to structure this. Yeah, because the idea behind it uh, was, it starts with a, a Clausewitz quote, and of course Clausewitz was this, great 19th century general who wrote the seminal book on war. And in his book on war, he says, everything in war is easy. It's just the easy things are difficult. And, and there's a lot of truth to that, having spent a fair amount of time in war. 
And I say the same thing is true about leadership. Everything in leadership is easy. I could get up on a chalkboard and say, hey, you know, lead from the front, take care of your men and women, be, men, be leaders of good character. It's just hard to do. So what I tried to do was I took, as you pointed out, these 18, uh, you know, creeds and mottos, because in my life as a leader, I would frequently think back on certain terms of art, certain creeds that guided me in difficult leadership times. One of them was, can you stand before the long green table? And the long green table was where kind of official proceedings occurred uh, starting in, in, uh, in World War II. And the point of the question to yourself was, if you're about to make a decision or you're about to take an action, would reasonable men and women sitting at that long green table think that those were the appropriate actions to take? And if, if you don't think you can pass the long green table test, you better re- rethink your decisions and your actions. I think that it was Chris Farris, your command sergeant major, not you, who used the words, who dares wins. You know the context that I'm referring to. Tell that story, please. So who dares wins is the motto of the British SAS, the Special Air Service. And they are uh, the elite commandos uh, from the UK. But when we were getting uh, prepared to do the bin Laden raid, myself and my command sergeant major, Chris Farris, went out to talk to the Navy SEALs before they boarded the helicopters for the mission. And as they were all gathered around the fire pit, uh, I turned to the sergeant major to say a few words. And, and he, he grabbed exactly the right words for the moment. And he turned to the Navy SEALs, and they all had great respect for Chris Ferris because you know, he'd been fighting, frankly, since he was 18 years old. And they all knew him. And Chris said, look, gentlemen, you know, tonight uh, we will take the motto from our British counterparts, who dares wins. In other words, we're about to take some risk, but in taking the risk, we have the chance to get the most wanted terrorist in the world. And, uh, and tonight he said, we are going to win. And so it was a, a very moving moment and inspirational for, I think, the SEALs going on the mission. Was there an audible response from them? There wasn't. Uh, I think they understood. You know, they were in the moment. Right. Uh, and the moment, the moment was serious. The moment was uh, they had their game face on. But what I could see when Chris said these words were it clearly resonated with them because they realized this was a pretty daring mission. And uh, but the only way you're going to be successful sometimes in life uh, as a person, as a leader, is to is to take some risk, calculated risk, but take risk in order to do something grand and great. Just the day before the bin Laden mission launched, President Barack Obama had called me at my headquarters in Bagram, Afghanistan, to wish me and the SEALs good luck. I appreciated his call more than he could know because I understood the immense pressure he was under. You've been asked about these events, that whole sequence, so often. Do you remember it, or are you kind of on autopilot now when you reflect back on 2011? Oh, no, I remember every moment of it. I particularly remember that call. I remember that call uh, because, frankly, I wasn't expecting it. Uh, we were preparing for the mission, and, uh, and I'm in my, uh, in my office uh, in Bagram, and I get a call from the, the situation room saying, uh, Admiral, uh, you know, President Obama wishes to call you in a few minutes. Uh, are you available? <laughs> of course, I'm available. Um, and, and so he called, and, and it was this kind of personal connection. Uh, now, the fact of the matter is, he's the commander-in-chief, he's the president of the United States, I was a three-star admiral, 
But when he called me, it was this, this sort of personal connection that said, Bill, I understand what you and you guys are going through. He didn't say it that way, but I knew he understood. I knew the risk he understood the men on that mission were taking, and he appreciated that. And, of course, I appreciated the fact that he was taking great kind of professional risk himself in sending us on the mission. So it was an important moment for me. Are you ever reunited with those involved in Operation Neptune Spear? I mean, I, I know I know that as the commander of all U.S. Special Operations Forces, you were the leader of more than just those involved in that particular mission. But, you know, there will hopefully never be another mission necessary like it, but there was and you were successful. And I, I would just love to think that there's this bond and maybe you host them in Austin uh, every couple of years or some such thing. Well, we do, as a matter of fact. A couple of us do get together. And, of course, I stay in touch with a number of them because right. a lot of them are still on active, active duty. Uh, Amazing. I was, the old, I was the old guy, so I retired. But there are still a number of them that are serving. So you bet. Well, we, we talk routinely. Uh, we actually had a little bit of a 10-year anniversary. It was a virtual anniversary uh, a couple of years ago. and We brought uh, most of the team kind of virtually uh, joined us. Um, so now there are some of them that have retired that I, I don't stay in touch with, but there's a large percentage of them that, uh, you know, we text, we email, uh, we chat on the phone and, and we get together when we can. Within the community, everybody knows like these are the guys, right? You know, most of them have stayed pretty quiet a part, you know, now again, there are some that have risen to celebrity status and sure. rightfully so, yep. uh, right. you know, Rob, o Rob O'Neill was in fact the guy that shot Bin Laden and, Rob was a, a great Navy SEAL and uh, appreciated his service. Um, but the rest of them continued on. And to your point, you know, they understand that, you know, everybody out there that's been fighting, every soldier, sailor, airman, and Marine that has sacrificed so much, this was one mission. It was one mission on one night. It had a lot of notoriety uh, for all the right reasons. The guys uh, took tremendous risks. But let me tell you, every soldier that was out there, every sailor that was uh, on the sea or in the air, Every Marine, every airman was contributing to this fight. So they realized they were one small piece of the puzzle to get bin Laden. Uh, but, uh, but they also greatly appreciate the service of everybody else. I know you get asked from time to time, probably a lot now on the book tour, about whether you'd ever take a shot uh, either with a major party or as a third party candidate. And I, I've read the response. The response is I'm married happily for many, many years right. to George <laughs> Ann. And I want to live to my, you know, my next anniversary and stay settled in Austin. But I'm going to ask you a different question. Did President Obama or maybe he was then former President Obama, did Barack Obama ever call you and say, Bill, you got to take a look at this? He never called me and said, you need to take a look at this. Um, so I, I've heard that rumor out there. Uh, yeah, again, I have talked to the president a number of times since, uh, since, uh, we had the, the, the Neptune spear. Uh, but the fact of the matter is he has never specifically asked me, are you thinking about running for, for office? You know, I asked a very specific question. You gave me a very <laughs> specific question. If a, a response, if I were taking your deposition, there would be like 10 more follow-ups and I would not let you <laughs> off the hook, but I'm just sensing there's a little more to that story. This is the book club with Michael Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4 
Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS. Sirius XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app. All right, how about this one? Back to the book. Ensign McRaven, I need you to build a frog float. <laughs> yeah, so this was, uh, you're right, Ensign, meaning I, I had just arrived at the underwater demolition team 11. So uh, we are now all SEALs, but back then we had underwater demolition teams. And, uh, and I had been out on a training mission and somebody comes to grab me and they said, hey, the commanding officer wants to see you. It's something important. And, of course, you know, I'm brand new to the team. I'm thinking, all right, this is terrific. I'm going to go on some mission to, you know, save the world. And so I make my way over to the commanding officer's office. I didn't even know he knew who I was. I come into his office, and uh, and he says, well, Mr. McRaven, you know, I've been hearing good things about you. And, of course, I'm swelling with pride. I'm thinking this is great. He says the chief petty officers really like the work you're doing, and I've got something very important for you. I'm thinking, here it comes. I'm going to go on the mission to save the world. 
And he says, you know, the 4th of July is coming up, and I need somebody to take charge of building the frog float. And I had to pause. I'm thinking, I'm sorry, what, sir? He said, you know, we got a frog float for the 4th of July parade. And, of course, you know, I was a little bit stunned, but I left the commanding officer's office, and I went into our locker room, and there was this crusty old master chief, Master Chief Herschel Davis, who had more combat time than just about anybody I knew at the time. And he sees me sitting down on the bench, and I'm, I'm kind of feeling sorry for myself. And he goes, yeah, what's wrong, Ensign? And I said, oh, you know, nothing. And he keeps tugging at me. And I said, well, you know, the commanding officer wants me to build this frog float. And he, he says in very simple terms, he says, look, you know, you're going to be asked to do a lot of things in your career. So if you've been asked to build the frog float, build the best damn frog float you can. <laughs> and I thought it was great advice. And the advice from him was, look, sometimes you're going to be asked to do things that you don't think are, you know, up to your stature. But if it is for the betterment of the team, then do the little things and do them well. Take some pride in them. Make the best damn frog floats you can. And I had to build a lot of frog floats, quote unquote, in my, in my career. And I always hearken back on that moment that, hey, no matter what job you're given, do the best job you can. Next time in, in the paperback follow-up, I need the picture. I got to see the frog float. I tell you what, I will send you the picture as soon as we get off, uh, <laughs> off air here. Uh, final question has nothing to do or maybe everything to do with your book, actually, because it's about leadership. And you, you, you know I'm going to raise this. Are you surprised by the explanation 12 pages long from the Biden administration as to the withdrawal from Afghanistan and specifically the finger pointing toward the Trump administration? Yeah, I, I am. Uh, one, is, as I've said a couple times recently, is at the end of the day, when you are the commander in chief, you are responsible. You are accountable. Your administration is accountable. And you can't blame the guy that came before you. That's just not the way it works. So uh, now this report, once again, as I understand it, is also a lessons learned, not a report of accountability. And the lesson learned, of course, was we should have started the evacuation earlier. I hope that that lesson learned settles in. So next time, you know, if we have to do something like this, uh, we'll have learned from this. But once again, and, and you know, I'm, I'm not a fan of President Trump and, and I have uh, great respect for President Biden. But in this case, uh, as the commander in chief, uh, they are responsible, ultimately responsible for all the decisions uh, that occurred on that evacuation. If President Biden, pardon me, if President Obama called you tomorrow and said, Bill, now nah, I'm just kidding. Admiral, the book is really, really great. It's called The Wisdom of the Bullfrog. I will see you on television soon, I hope, and I wish you all good things. Thank you very much, Michael. I look forward to talking to you again. Admiral William McRaven, ladies and gentlemen, is the author of The Wisdom of the Bullfrog, Leadership Made Simple But Not Easy. It is a great book. Book Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Listen to the Michael Smirconish program weekdays on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 and anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan. Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country. 
including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions.